0: Mitchell Levy, global credibility expert, and I, I love this particular session. As a matter of fact, it's so much fun. I have a show I do with Josh Jones. It's on door-to-door selling, and and he's an amazing human, and in particular, the types of things we talk about and the guests that we bring on, I know it sounds like door-to-door, and you may not have ever knocked on doors yourself, but I have to tell you, it is One of the most amazing testing grounds, learning grounds, something you could could do. And this particular show is on entrepreneurship. Because if you're knocking on doors or if you're running your business or even if you are just doing a startup, I'm in Silicon Valley, you need to be an entrepreneur. And there's so many tidbits of content. There's so many aha messages. You will absolutely take away a lot from this show. So take a look. Let me know what you think, and certainly subscribe to us. Thanks so much. Bye now. Hi, Mitchell Levy, the Aha Guide, Aha That, and I'm excited about this episode of Grow Your 1099 with Josh Jones.
1: Hello, everybody. Good morning, or good afternoon, depending what which side of the country you're on.
0: Well, you, I, I was, was going to say you made morning. it on my side. It's still morning here, but I think for you, it's we hit the we, we slipped into well past lunch.
1: We, pa- we passed that, we passed that already. Um, I am I'm excited for our, our topic today. It's something that I have experienced intimately over the last few years in door-to-door and it's the idea of entrepreneurship and the idea of owning your own business. And the idea of doing that in door-to-door sales, for a lot of people it just seems really foreign to them where it's you know I've been working for somebody else my whole life they tell me what to do I do it and I get paid whereas the idea of entrepreneurship is you take ownership over your work and you're basically saying I'm doing this because I'm going to I'm I'm going to be responsible in the end for the success or the failure of this this enterprise this company and so I just, I, I love that, that sentiment. And the first time that it was presented to me, actually one of our, one of our guests that we had on the show, Adam McClellan, he talked about how uh, I was, I actually went in for an interview with him. It was years ago. And he, w- he gave me this analogy where he was talking about if I were going to make a decision, the thought that I have, and this, he didn't, he didn't own the company. He just, he was one of the, the high up managers for the company. He said, what I do when I think about any decisions that I'm going to make is right now I'm basically giving someone the keys to the Ferrari. And would I trust this person enough to give them the keys to a, you know, $300,000, $400,000 sports car? Because I want that to be somebody who's going to show the same level of ownership the same level of respect, the same level of just care for this really expensive <laughs> piece of property. And the kind of people who you want leading in leadership positions in any company are the ones who they take ownership of, of, of the company, of the team, of the office, and they do what you yourself would do if you're if you're actually the owner. And so I'm sure you've you've dealt with people in your organization, Mitchell, who have shown that level of of ownership with the work
0: that. Well, they we, do. we do we do that all we do that all the time. And and what I was I'm going to switch the direction a little bit, Josh. The given that the show is grow your 1099, so um, the uh, we do that all the time where we have people who are just they just want to take orders and do stuff. And there are people who, so there's a, there's a grade. People want to take orders, do stuff, and they do just a minimal. Those are people you don't really want in your organization. People who, who want to take orders, but what they're going to do is they take ownership of what you give them, and they do a great job. And then there's the, the entrepreneurial piece that they don't necessarily want to take orders. They want to figure it out themselves and then take ownership right and and the piece of they don 't want to take orders and they don 't want to do the work you you definitely don't want to see that crowd and uh, and so what 's interesting though when you 've got the entrepreneurial hat on is you're you 're not actually taking orders anymore at least you 're not taking orders from your uh, from somebody above you, but you are taking orders from the marketplace and you are taking orders from your customer and, and i don 't mean to knocking on doors and closing. It's really, what does the customer want? How could you provide them both the quality of service they need that you sold them and beyond? Right. And, and I think probably the biggest thing on the grow your Ten Ninety Nine show focus is it is regardless of whether or not you work for somebody else in particular, if you're knocking on doors you, and, and you work for somebody else, you still are working for yourself. You still are the entrepreneur the only difference of whether or not you work for somebody else or if you um, actually have your own company is how much money you make, right? A little more freedom because you have to you know, follow rules and then potentially how much money you make. And at the end of the day though, if you're, if you're knocking on doors or if you're dialing phones, you're inside salesperson, your, your schedule, what you keep, where you work, what you do, your practices, your processes, that's you. You're an entrepreneur. And that's what there's there's that human that that really makes for a good entrepreneur, whether or not they have the auspices of a corporate in, uh, over their head or if they're completely working on their own. It's that person. So maybe the question is, what are the characteristics of somebody who you see who works inside a company that just happens to be entrepreneurial?
1: So you just, that, that question makes me think of a quote by, it's by Peter Drucker. Everybody, uh, well, most people know who Peter Drucker is. Um, so what, one of the things that he said is, is in relation to the attitude that an entrepreneur has, one of the characteristics that they have, and it's talking about change. And if you think about anybody within an organization, one of the most difficult things to deal with is when, like you said, the market changes. When there's this major shift and all of a sudden you have to change directions, change pay, change just something about the organization. And the people who grumble are the people who don't have that entrepreneurial mindset. And so this is this is one of the things that Peter Drucker said. He said, the entrepreneur always searches for change, responds to it, and exploits it as an opportunity.
0: That's a beautiful quote.
1: So I'm just, I'm gonna read those points again. Yeah, please. The entrepreneur searches for change, responds to it and exploits it as an opportunity.
0: Yes, (laughs) yes.
1: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. That is the mentality. That is what an entrepreneur has. If you're looking for change and then effectively responding to it and then saying, Hey, wait a second, change is going to happen no matter what. If instead of grumbling and complaining about the change, I see it as, wow, this could be an awesome, incredible opportunity. Let's see how we can make this work to our advantage. That's what an entrepreneur does. That's why people choose to follow entrepreneurs. That's why you, you see businesses grow to be these multi-billion dollar businesses is because the entrepreneur is the one who's excited about the change, looking forward to it.
0: Josh, you just unlocked a cobweb in my head that, so I haven't worked for a company since 1997 and and the cobweb you unlocked was, I kind of remember because my, when I was working for companies, uh, last company I worked for was Sun Microsystems. I, I basically a lot of what I did was change management, and so, and it was fascinating. Is I don't know, maybe ninety to ninety-nine percent of the people in the organization just don't like change at all, and and so occasionally someone would say to me, you know, oh man, I want to be an entrepreneur, and I and I only thought to myself because. I don't think I, had, I was strong enough yet opinion-wise to actually tell somebody they were wrong when they were wrong. <laughs> so I thought my TED Talk was about that. Um, the, what would happen is if every time they had change happen, they would give complain and moan and have to be dragged along, and then they say, well, they want to be an entrepreneur, I would, I'd, I would say to myself, I uh, disconnect. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well so that that's the thing is is in if you're looking at yourself everybody who's watching this if you're looking at yourself just be honest with yourself if you're that person who cl- complains who gripes when there's change you're not ready to be an entrepreneur when you change your mentality and you start thinking hey this is exciting change is exciting let's let's see how we can make this work to our advantage That's the point when you know you're ready to be an entrepreneur. When you know you're ready, ready to run your own thing, and um, it's it's this self reflection, this self analysis. You you've got to be honest with yourself.
0: I'm sure there are other things there. I'm I'm sitting here and I've got this shitty grin on my face because I'm I'm life can't be that simple. But but that is absolutely a core characteristic of the entrepreneur because when change happens, what people look for and I I look at all the things I've done, you know, I create, when I run conferences or when I, when I created 70 courses at university, it was to help people understand the world is changing. Here's where we're moving to all of our books. (laughs) Here's how to do things better in today's environment, (laughs) which by definition constantly changes. Um, Yeah. It's very fascinating.
1: It's, it's not necessarily just that because if you're, if you are excited about change, but super disorganized, it's, it's probably not going to work. If you're excited about change, but let's see what else, but aren't self-motivated, aren't self-disciplined, then it's, it's going to be tough to be successful.
0: Can, can I give you an idea of, of change I just heard? So I was at a networking meeting in Silicon Valley this week, and we'll just say I met somebody from a power company. And one of the things that she said publicly was, you know, the our company is constricting because with the increasing growth of solar uh, everywhere, not as many people are, our client base is somewhat shrinking, which means that we need to decrease the people who are working at our firm. Right. And and it was just a very interesting change, obviously. So how do you do that? Do you, (laughs) if you're at, if you're at one of those companies, do you say, Oh, well, how do I keep my job? Or do you say opportunity? (laughs) Where can I go?
1: (laughs) So think about Blockbuster, the people at Blockbuster who were, as their market share was was shrinking, what were they what were they thinking? What were they saying? Hey, we're we're shrinking. We need to realistically go to a different side of the industry, go to a, a more innovative company, or start our own company. And that's where you see the people: Redbox, you see Netflix, you see um, Amazon. Um, that they just, I mean, they made they made Blockbuster the king of of, of entertainment back in the day.
0: Yeah. Well, it's Blockbuster was pretty cool. And it was even a good name. But when I was thinking about like, as you said, that Tower Records, records, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, oh, those are, those are gone. And and you can think about all these company, Radio Shack, when people really cared about, <laughs> right? I mean, and, and uh, so it's really interesting when you name your company, I, you know, I, I met with Jeff Bezos, in 1996 before it was right after series B before the company went public. And he was telling me his plans and, and, uh, and the name Amazon was simply cause it was huge and it was going to do a whole lot more than books, you know, and, and he's more than, obviously they've more than grown into their name. Um, and it's, it's crazy. And, but that's an entrepreneur who what he did when I'm, when I, once again, I, I talked with Jeff when at the time it was the dot-com days and there were a lot of these high-flying companies that didn't make it. And so here's this thing. It was talked a lot about uh, called Amazon and they were a bookseller. And that's all they were known for because that's wh- what they had to start with. And and the thing, it, when, you, when I talked with Jeff, his, his comment was very simple. He goes, Mitchell, the reason I chose books, it's the most inefficient process out there, but let's look at every industry and let's look at every process. And that last mile, that last mile is broken in every industry on the planet. That's what Amazon's going to be. <laughs> Entrepreneur. So
1: you just made me think of a, of a quote that I just posted on my, my Instagram. It's by Zig Ziglar. He's, he's one of the all-time greats, one of my favorite favorite people to listen to, to read his books. He said, this is, this is one of his most famous quotes, I, I think. He said, you can have everything in life you want if you will just help other people get what they want. Mm. That mentality is the entrepreneur mentality. That's what Jeff Bezos, is it, is it Bezos? I've been saying that wrong my my whole. Oh, life.
0: I could be saying it wrong, but that's always how I said it.
1: I always said Bezos. I Some have no people clue. say Bezos. I say Bezos. Somebody but post in the comments, what it is? I yeah, yeah. yeah. If we got it wrong, let no know.
0: Clue. Oh, Facebook. <laughs> if he's on Facebook, it'll actually give the proper pronunciation of his name. So, um.
1: <laughs> so, but just that that idea that he had of there's all these inefficient processes that people are just gonna complain about. Customers aren't gonna enjoy the experience, but when you have, wow, Amazon Prime, they just hit 100 million subscribers because it's just the simplest way to get just about everything that you want. This idea of going to a mall or going to a store and they might be out of stock, they might not have exactly what you're looking for, and you can't necessarily look and see all of the reviews and what people have experienced before. Like, and to top that off, if you have kids, you've got to load up your family into a car, get them out, load the stuff back into the car, load the kids out of the car. It just, it's the, an extremely inefficient process. And they figured out how to give people what they want. And now he's the, he's the richest man in the world. At least he was like a
0: couple of weeks ago. So here's an interesting thought, and that is what people often do, what entrepreneurs often do is they try to optimize the business around the either amount of time they work or amount of money they can make, right? And that's missing the point. So if you can build a company that just solves a problem, and that becomes your core revenue stream coming in the door, recognizing at some point in time that the amount of income you get or the amount of profit you get on that revenue stream is gonna change, but that pays the bills, right? So, when one of the ideas, and I hadn't heard this about a year or two ago, what Bezos, Bezos, Amazon said, <laughs> now you have me thinking, um, was hey, listen, if, if you want to actually buy clothes, Uh, and this is more towards women, you could could actually order 15 dresses. The more dresses you order, the bigger discount you get. And then you get them all home and you can return them all for free, right? So it's kind of like save, even saving the time of going to the store and trying stuff on. You could order what you want, have it come home and not have a penalty returning. Well, I haven't heard a lot about that. Maybe it didn't take off. Maybe it didn't make money. Maybe it was never intended up front to make money because it was just to try, he was making the money elsewhere, right? Uh, same thing, Google Ads, right? Google Ads made so much money for Google, they kept trying and experimenting with all these other things. So in your business, what's core that you can put in place and modify? So if you're, if you're uh, going back to Blockbuster, if, if your business model is 100% about one thing and the technology changes, now you're in trouble because you're not recognizing that. So anytime you're in business, entrepreneurs don't just stop with, you're, you're done and it's working. Keep experimenting, looking for the next thing because as you mentioned, it keeps changing.
1: It's complacency. Complacency just kills growth and it kills businesses. If you're not co- consistently looking for how I can make this experience better for my customer, you're not gonna succeed. That's not the entrepreneur mindset. The entrepreneur is consistently looking for how to make things better for both his employees and his or her customers. And so that's, I mean, that's that whole idea that Zig had is you you can have anything you want, but you first have to focus on other people. And by focusing on other people before yourself, that's when you really start to see the success for yourself it's 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 this leap of faith it seems like of having to forget about yourself and care about other people first
0: so can i can I tell you I'll tell you one more story because this is a huge change for me, and at some point in time we'll talk about your huge changes as well um, so I as a publisher, we've published over eight hundred books and and What happened is in 2016, the end of 2016, we ran a Kickstarter campaign. It hit 250% of goal. And out of that, 20 people paid us to, once they wrote their aha books, we would actually publish it. Now, so the business model, eight hours to write your own book. Once you publish it, we publish it. I just always thought, if I simplified how quick and easy it is for somebody to write their book, that if it's only eight hours, they would write. It would make life easy. My business model was focused on a do-it-yourself business model. And then at the end of 2017, of the 20 people who have paid us to write their books, three people actually followed through. So here's what that says, but it was a shock to my head. It says that in a 12-month period, 17 people couldn't find eight hours to do something that would help them that they already paid for. Now, these are bright people I knew the, and, and those I didn't know, I got to know. I know these 17 people. They're all bright and capable. And I said to myself, maybe that's not my customer. My customer is not the person, it's not me sitting around waiting for somebody to write their book. Maybe my customer is, hey listen, you need a book, let me write it for you. And so now we're we've changed and not all our documentation has changed yet, so that's still catching up. We, we changed our go-to-market strategy. And so let me tell you what the business model was. Now, as soon as you hear it, Josh, you're going to go, oh, my God. So here's what our business model was. We hope – this is every publisher's business model. Are you ready? If you're a publisher, we hope that the author writes a book. We hope that if they write the book, they find our firm. We hope that if they find our firm, that they actually use our company. Okay, that's a whole lot of hope. OK, <laughs> so the thing that's interesting is and I I've been publishing since 2005 and I just made this transition at the end of 2017. Sometimes you got to get hit over the head a number of times before you wake up and you see it. And now the go to market strategy is we do that. Uh, we did one with you as well. We do the two hour interview and then we go straight from there. It just changes the mindset. It changes how I interact. It changes how I could support it changes on the partners I could play with. And so every now and then you have to do something when you're, when you're an entrepreneur to make you th- step out of the comfort zone of who you are and what you're doing and jump somewhere else. And I, it was the, it, it, it wasn't even the Kickstarter spending, you know, doing success in the Kickstarter. I thought, Hey, this is great. People love what I do. It was looking at the results that caused me to change. Uh uh-oh, aha moment.
1: (laughs) I just, I I love all of this, um, this conversation about entrepreneurism and just the idea of being able to grow and adapt and adjust to your specific business based on what the demand is, what the need is, and being able to use that, mentality to, to serve and to help other people. It just, it's, it's neat because ultimately the the person who benefits from it the most is, is you. But the idea is you have to serve somebody else in order for, for yourself to be the ultimate beneficiary.
0: And, and the issue on the serving somebody else (laughs) is that sometimes the person you're serving, although they're paying you, they may not really be your true client. And that's, to me, that's the lesson that I learned. And and that is, what is it that I'm bringing and who is the client and what am I delivering to them? And as soon as I changed who I was focused on, significantly uh, enhanced what we were delivering and the price points, and now it's completely, the conversations are different. The uh, close ratios are higher. The time to close is significantly cra- I don't have to sit there waiting for somebody to, in this case, write their book. <laughs> okay? We deliver.
1: The, the last thought that I just wanted to share, because not, not everyone is going to be an entre- entrepreneur. Not everyone is going to own a company. But if you're within an organization, if you're in the sales side, especially if you're in door-to-door sales, which is, is what we're, we're primarily focused on, if you're in that industry, you need to really buy into the same vision of the people who are running the company, the people who actually own the company. Mm. And if you can align your, your values and your goals and your ambitions with those same values, then great, you're gonna be, be successful. But the thing is, if you can't, if you, if you sit down with the owner of a company and their values, their goals, their direction are not the same as yours, you need to leave. You need to find a place where you, you, your values actually do line up with the mission of, of the company that you're working for. Otherwise, you're in the wrong place.
0: I'm going to say, ah, uh, I, I need an aha button. That's an aha. That is. I hadn't really thought about that, but if you're in sales or you're in, I guess sales is probably the most important element because sales is really both sales and marketing. If, if you don't hundred percent align with the promise that your company is delivering, you're in the wrong place. And, and and I, when I think about people who work at companies, there's so many people bury themselves inside a corporate somewhere and they may or may not be drinking the Kool-Aid.
1: Yeah.
0: So we're telling people to drink the Kool-Aid sort of. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
1: no. So that's, that's the thing is you need, you need to, if you haven't, it some, in some companies, it probably isn't, isn't possible, but you should do whatever you possibly can to sit down with the owner of a company that you're going to work for, or the company that you are working with. Pick their brain, see what direction they're heading, and see if you you can drink the Kool Aid. See if you want to drink the Kool Aid. Because mm. if you want to, great. Have have a successful career, promote that business, own that business, own that same vision as as the owner, and. The feeling that you get, the satisfaction that you get every single day, is the same satisfaction, similar satisfaction to what the the actual owner, the the actual entrepreneur, is gonna uh, gonna have.
0: That is brilliant. Right, let's make that the the aha takeaway. So, a door to door sales, you are you're basically running a mini company for your life inside this company. Um, B, your, your value system, your structure, you can make as much money as you want, given you put the right tools, processes flow in place. But if you can't sit in front of a prospect and get excited about what you're talking about from, from the core, not just the fake excitement, but really your recognition, and this is from all the shows, your recognition that you're helping somebody be better at the end of the day. And if you can't buy into that, You got (laughs) to, you got to go somewhere else.
1: (laughs) And so that's, that's the thing is don't be scared. Everybody who's listening Mm -hmm. to this, do not be scared to look somewhere else. If you don't line up with the visions, quit being unhappy, quit being complacent, quit being miserable, (laughs) find a place where you will be happy. Find a place where you can really just spread, spread your wings and fly. (laughs) Like that's, that's the whole idea a place where you can thrive and you can grow and you can develop and be the, the best version of yourself you possibly can be.
0: Josh, that's beautiful. We haven't done one of these, um, sit down and talk about a topic in a while and I'm so glad we did. This was absolutely beautiful. Thank you.
1: But So that's, I mean, Mitchell, was there anything else you think we should have said that we didn't say?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicely done. Um, <laughs> no, I, I uh no, I, I, I was kind of summarizing before. I'm comfortable with that. I love the the do what you love and everything else follows. But I think the piece I hadn't thought about mentioning was the aha message you, you brought to market is there's so much opportunity in life that if you're doing something and you don't like it, it's now you should Go and try to find something. Even if you just stick your toe in the water and try something else, but you should not be sitting there complacent and saying, "Hey, I don't like it. This doesn't work for me." Right? And and I think you're you're absolutely a testament of somebody who loves what they do and and gets compensated well for it.
1: Yeah, there's. You only get one one life. What's that? What's that saying? YOLO. You only live once. (laughs) You only live once there's no reason to be unhappy in, in work, especially that's where you spend for most people. It's where they spend the majority of their day. It's if you're in an unhealthy environment and if you feel like your, your potential is capped, if you feel like you can't be any better, if, if, (laughs) if you feel like people are holding you back around you, leave, go somewhere else, make, make, make your future happen the way that you want it to.
0: Oh, beautiful. So Josh, anything else to share? Or do you uh, also help people can reach out to you?
1: Um, so if you just send me an email, that's, that's going to be the simplest thing. It's Joshua Hutchins, H-U-T-C-H-I-N-S, Jones at gmail.com. And uh, I am also on Instagram. And it is chocolate milk, shaken, not stirred. I am still looking for a new name. <laughs> But that one still might be so a while. We'll see. We'll see.
0: <laughs> I, I do see your post and I, I laugh when I when I see the name.
1: That's that's the point. I want people to laugh every time they see that I post something. It,
0: it's just a mouthful. That's the only answer. It's just a mouthful. But yeah. You know, it's it's hey. meant
1: to be ridiculous. It's intentional. <laughs> it's
0: it's beautifully uh, ridiculous. Uh and for me, just connect me on the platform that you want to play on. So Google Mitchell Levy. M I T C H E L L last name L E V Y. And the what'll happen is when you uh come up with a top five, pick the platform that that you want to connect on. LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Google Plus, Instagram, Pinterest, Snap. <laughs> I think I got them all. Um at <laughs> least that I play on. Josh, thanks for uh thanks for joining me today. I, I uh I always like when we pick a topic and we don't have a very specific focus. I love when I In retrospect, think about the aha moments that came out of it, and this was beautiful.
1: Thank thank you, everybody. Thank you for for joining us for another episode of Grow Your 1099.
0: This is Mitchell Levy, the aha guy from Aha That. Thanks for listening to this episode of Grow Your 1099, where Josh Jones and I are helping to propel the door-to-door sales industry as one that's a great occupation. To learn more about Grow Your 1099, Go to http://aha.pub/slash slash slash your 1099 And to learn more about creating and sharing your aha moments, go to ahathat.com/slash author, where you can also find a link to book strategy session. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.